0: All right. Welcome back, everyone, to today's episode of the Google Search Central SEO Office Hours Hangout. Uh, my name is John Mueller. I'm a search advocate here at Google in Switzerland. And part of what we do are these office hours where people can join in. Uh, I think, first of all, Happy New Year to everyone. Uh, I hope you had a good break and had a chance to recover, I don't know, what, whatever you needed to recover and that things aren't looking too bad where, where you are at the moment. Um, it looks like lots of people have questions. Lots of people are here um, and we have a bunch of questions submitted as well. Uh, so maybe we'll just go through some of the people that have raised their hands already and then we'll kind of see where we end up. Uh, let's see, Rogan, I think you're first.
1: Hi, John. Um, yeah, just uh, uh, hopefully a hopefully relatively quick one. Um, we, uh, we've we been trying to, to, we have a, a book website. Um, it's a subscription. Uh, product with about eight hundred thousand books on it. Um, when you search for a book on Google, on the right-hand side, there's like a get book function, you get book um, option on the book component, on the book overview component. Um, there's when when we when we um, uh, search for some books, it is up to like seven different providers, and we've been trying to get in as one of those providers, and we've added uh, the book schema markup um, and then submitted a request to be um, part of. Uh, you know, part of that initiative, um, multiple times, but I haven't heard anything back. It seems to be going into a bit of a void. And um, do you know if there's a way of getting into that list of book providers, or if there's anything that we can do different to what we're doing?
0: I I think being submitted in with the form is essentially the right approach at the moment. My my understanding is the team is still going through those form submissions, and the plan is kind of to move to a more open model where whenever we discover the markup, we just start using it if we feel we can trust it. But I don't know what, what the current status is there at the moment. If, if you want to drop maybe your URL here in the chat, then I can pass that on to the team to have them double check.
1: Yeah, I've, uh, I've added a comment to the before the call um, okay. if, uh, with all the information there. Um, okay. we have, we've submitted it maybe like eight, 10 times over the last nine months. And haven't heard anything back. So yeah, we—if you can give them a nudge, that would be awesome.
0: Yeah, I—I I can't promise that they'll like turn it on automatically, but uh, you, usually the, these kind of nudges help us to to kind of like make make that step to to making it a little bit more open in the sense that we just use it whenever we can trust it.
1: Yeah, if they can, if they can give us any any reason why why it wouldn't be working, that things that we can change if the schema markup's wrong or something, then that would be super helpful. So,
0: cool. Okay. Perfect. Thanks. All right. Uh, the next name I don't think I can pronounce. If you can pronounce your name, and feel free to jump on in. Okay, sir.
2: A um, uh, very happy New Year and a very good evening, according to our local time. Uh, so my name spells like Shoyinkiya and I'm from India. Uh, so my question is that uh, we uh, all have heard a term uh, called crawl budget. And uh, suppose I have a blog in which I post uh, almost one article every day, and another people, uh, another person having a blog, uh, in which he posts about uh, one article in a week. So um, uh, 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 according to consistency I am a bit more uh, consistent than him so will it affect how Google uh, will frequently uh, will it affect the frequency on how Google will uh, crawl my website or how Google will handle my website suppose uh, we both publish the same content um, uh, on same day but uh, I, I, but uh, he publishes less content in his blog so will uh, my content will uh, rank uh, in uh, google on upper uh, on top and his content will rank uh, on google on uh, down or on low uh, is this uh, does uh, consistency have any connection with
0: ranking i i don't think so uh, so there there are a lot of factors that go into ranking and being able to crawl and index a website is definitely one of those things. But if we're talking about uh, one one page per day or one page a week, kind of the ability for us to crawl that is is trivial. if If we're talking about millions of pages every day, then like so, some sometimes the technical capabilities kind of come into play, and crawl budget is a topic. Uh, but if we're talking about, I don't know, a couple of pages a day, or 1,000 pages a day, or even ten thousands of pages a day, then that's something that we, we can usually crawl in, in a reasonable time anyway. So that's less a matter of being able to crawl it on time and more a matter of all of the other factors that we use around search.
2: OK, yeah, I have understood another question uh, that mm, When I uh, uh, used to post, uh, as I said, one article uh, every day in uh, my website, I used to say that uh, Google uh, almost uh, uh, crawls my website every day. And when I I went to uh, the Search Console, and uh, when I uh, see this sitemap, I I see that Google uh, um, recrawls it every day. But when I became uh, inconsistent, uh, then I I saw that Google uh, crawls the site once
0: in every two days or uh, maybe illicit. So is this a fact? That can happen, yes. So it's, I mean, it's not so much that we crawl a website, but we crawl individual pages of a website. And uh, when, when it comes to crawling, we, we have two types of crawling, roughly. Uh, one is a discovery crawl, where we try to discover new pages on your website. And the other is the refresh crawl, where we update existing pages that we know about. Uh, so for the most part for example we would refresh crawl the home page I don't know once a day or every couple of hours or something like that and if we find new links on their home page then we'll go off and crawl those with kind of the discovery crawl as well and uh, because of that you will always see kind of a mix of uh, discover and refresh happening w- with regards to crawling. And you'll see some baseline of crawling happening every day. Uh, but if we recognize that individual pages change very rarely, then we we realize we don't have to crawl them all the time. Or like uh, For example, if you have a, a news website and you update it hourly, then we should learn that we need to crawl it hourly. Uh, whereas if it's a news website that updates once a month, then we should learn that we don't need to crawl every hour. And that's not a sign of quality or a sign of ranking or anything like that. It's really just purely from a technical point of view, we've learned we we can crawl this once a day or once a week, and that's OK.
2: OK, my uh, last and final question is that uh, suppose I have posted uh, a a topic on my blog, a post on my blog, and um, due to some. Uh, need, I uh, need to regain post the, uh, that contents on my blog. Again, with uh, possibly um, maybe that I have posted already posted two uh, posts, and um, I, can, I, I, I need to combine them and add something new, and then republish it. Uh, I want to keep the previous post as same as them, but I want to republish uh, the uh, uh, combination of the two new posts. So will it penalize my blog somehow or will google think that uh, this person is uh, publishing the same content
0: no i i think that's usually fine i mean our our systems would recognize when there's significant duplication on a website but for a large part those are normal things that happen on a website like if you have a category page and a detail page uh for a blog post then obviously on the category page, you'll have some part of the blog post itself as well, which is duplication, but it's also fun.
2: OK, uh, so uh, pardon me, I have got another question. Uh, so um, every time we often hear that uh, Google likes fresh content. So uh, if I uh, have posted a content in um, a post uh, say somehow in uh, late 2020, And uh, should I, uh, again, repost it or update it? Or uh, should I
3: repost it?
0: No, I mean, if it's the same content, you don't need to repost it. It's Uh, not that we have a ranking boost for things that are fresh.
2: So uh, uh, if I need to add something or if I need to update it, will I update uh, should I update it or should I repost it? I I would just update it. I I think that's perfectly fine, yeah. Okay, Th- uh, thank you so much. That's all. Uh, that was all my query for today. Thanks
3: and nice, nice to talk to you.
0: Cool. All right, uh, Ahmed.
3: Hi John. I Hi. Uh, my question is about HFN tags. Actually, uh, let's say I have one website that I target a specific language with that domain and performs very well in that particular language. And then I decide to create an English version of that website to target people in global with new domain. So, should I add hreflang text to uh, connect these two separate domains, or just leave it alone, Google, to figure that itself? And can this hreflang text impact my website's performance in a positive or negative way? So, what would you do in a situation like that?
0: So, hreflang is on a per page basis. Uh, So, it would only make sense if you have equivalent pages in other languages or for other countries. Uh, So, it's not something that Does the whole website kind of thing. Uh, So if you have some pages that have equivalent versions, using hreflang is a good way to connect them. Uh, What happens with hreflang is that the ranking stays the same, uh, but we try to swap out the URL against the the most best fitting one. Uh, So if someone is searching for your website name and we have an English version and a, I don't know, French version, uh, then if we can tell the user is kind of in France or searching in French, then we will try to show the French version of the home page. And that works across different domains. Uh, that works within the same domain. Um, that's essentially a, a good practice.
3: So, But is it not necessary, or is it the must? Or
0: it's It's not necessary. I mean, it, it doesn't change the rankings, but it helps to make sure that your preferred version is shown to the user. It doesn't guarantee it. But uh, it makes it a little bit easier uh, for us to show like, the, the preferred language version. So if someone is searching in French and we have your French and your English pages, we wouldn't accidentally show the English page to them.
3: OK, thanks. Thank you for, for answering.
0: Cool. Um, let's see. I think Vahid. Hello, John. Oh, hi. Nice.
4: Um, today, I'm going to ask about page experience. We know that uh, Google Search Console report three factors for page experience, mobile-friendly, HTTPS, and Core Web VTalks. So I'm going to ask you, if there is more factors for page experience, or these three are what Google cares about in this case. JOHN
0: um, MUELLER- I, I think the, the only one that is missing is intrusive interstitials. Uh, which we also have documented. And uh, I think at the moment we don't have a report specific to that. So that's not listed separately in Search Console.
4: OK. And uh, I have another question um, uh, What data does Google Chrome collect from users for ranking? Can you please tell me by a list?
0: I, I don't think we use anything from Google Chrome for ranking. So the only thing that happens with, with Chrome uh, is the, for the page experience report, we use the Chrome user experience report data, which is kind of that aggregated data of what users saw when, when they went to the website uh, with regards to the page experience specifically. Uh, and I, I think that's the only thing that we use from Chrome w- within ranking.
4: Okay. Um, what about Google Analytics data? Do you think Google Analytics data has after ranking? No,
0: no, we we don't use that at all.
4: Okay. So bounce rate and time on site are useless for ranking, right?
0: Well, I mean, we, we don't use that data. So I I think I think these metrics are sometimes useful for site owners to look at, uh, but that doesn't mean that they're useful for search to to actually.
4: Okay, thank you, John, for for your time.
0: Sure. Um, all right, and the next name—I don't think I can pronounce either. Um, maybe if you can pronounce your name, and feel free to get started. Oh, We can't hear you. I think you're on mute. Hello, John. This is MUELLER
5: Hi. Hi. Uh, like uh, my question is on international targeting so like we have set up a business uh, from last 10 to 15 years and we have dot com in, for the united states uh, recently in the past 2 years we have started for the india australia and mexico and we have purchased some cctlds and uh, we have set up a different different website for the different website. but initially what happened we are getting the business from the com website and we have not set up the hreflang tag to the other websites and uh, they have uh, also low authority for India, Australia, and Mexico. So should we uh, add that tag right now? Or is there anything like for the ranking? JOHN uh, MUELLER, like, Yeah.
0: Now, so the, the hreflang wouldn't change the ranking of these pages. It would just make sure that the preferred version is shown in the search results. Uh, so especially if you have different country versions in English in the same language, uh, then the hreflang makes it a little bit easier for us to show the, the best matching version for that user. Uh, so if you're seeing the, the wrong version shown in the search results, like if someone is searching in Australia and they see the Indian version, uh, then that's a pretty strong sign that the hreflang would be useful. Uh, if they're mostly seeing the right version already in search, then probably the hreflang is not critical.
5: Yes, this is the scenario, like we, our .com is ranking for the Indian version also in the Indian web's region, but we want to rank like .in website cctld. So yeah. if we uh, install that uh, tag right now for the .in website, so uh, do we get the same ranking for the .in website?
0: Yes, it would swap out the, the URL. So instead of the .com being shown, it would show the .indian version. Yeah. Thank you so much. Cool. Um, Let's see. Hassan, I think. Uh, We can't hear you. I think you're maybe on mute. Hassan, I think. We can't hear you. Sorry.
3: No, sorry. OK. OK. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. One second. One second. Sorry. Hi, John. Hi. Yeah. Uh, I have just posted my question uh, on the comment section as well. So just let me tell you again, like I have two questions. One is that like we represent the company expert and We are the job portal uh, for international region. So as of now, like yesterday, we receive a reminder for the new job posting content policy guidelines and that it is said like uh, uh, the direct apply markup, which has been very recently added and uh, a few policy guidelines. So in that it's recommended for us to please review the updates and implement the needed changes on our side. So going through that, you know uh, we haven't added the direct apply because uh, most of the jobs comes from our ATS partners and recruitment website. but however following that, we have added the direct apply markup. For those which are not direct jobs, we said it's false and for direct jobs, we said it true. Okay, so in this regard, just we want to make sure that is it a matter of concern for us that email because we want to make sure that we uh, maintain and comply with Google and maintain the eco-friendly environment. So all uh, that that's one of my portion. And
0: um, I don't know, I don't okay. know for sure. I I don't know exactly which which email you're you're referring to, uh, okay. but if if it's essentially a, an informational email that you receive yeah. through search yeah Console. it's kind of
3: yeah it's an informational
6: email
0: yeah then from you from what, what i know usually those are situations where it's more that we want to inform you of maybe okay. this change in in the, the possibilities that you have with regards to the markup um, okay. it would be different if there were explicitly a message from uh re- referring to manual action or something okay. like okay. that uh because okay. that would mean that the the spam team or the policy team has taken a look right. and seen oh there's something really wrong here and right. you right. must fix it yeah uh, so those are usually the, the two levels of information yeah okay right. and
3: and one more question i have is that like actually we used to maintain for each country a domain uh a subfolder Let's example for US e jobs USA, but then we thought uh, the better idea is to go on with subdomain for each country. Okay, so we move from folders to subdomains, but when we did, we uh, we have uh, used the 301 permanent redirect. But we see there is a lot of fall down in the traffic. Uh, from actually, we did it from a past six months back. But since we he, unable to uh, gain the traffic, what we used to have on the folder website. So what we did is, as of now, we have, uh, you know, uh, just enabled both pages like uh, the uh, folder page for the USA and subdomain page USA.expertini. So should we use now the conical uh, uh, link? Uh, rather than we what we use for the three zero one because that was not productive for us so we thought like the better idea is to use the canonical and uh, keep maintain both the pages till Google fully uh, you know understand that we want to prioritize subdomains rather than the folder website.
0: Um, you can do that. Okay, I I think yeah. I, I, I don't see any downside to doing that. I, okay. I, I think the, the main issue is that if you have those two versions, we will try to crawl both of them. And mm-hmm. if it's a very large job site where you're really yeah. posting millions of jobs, yeah. then it might be that the crawling is kind of the limiting factor. So okay. that's what, what I might watch out for, that like with the crawling side, we're actually being able to keep up.
3: OK. All right. OK, thanks for the info. Thank you
0: very much. Uh, all right, Tobias.
3: Hi.
7: So, happy New Year first. And um, yeah, my question is about um, how to get another language version of a website into Top Stories. Um, so we we have a normal site which is German and another site which is in a section now which is French, and uh, we publish, I think, enough and high quality articles for almost half a year now but we never made it into top stories and uh, we wonder what's the problem um yeah so i checked multiple things so for example technically it's exactly the same Uh, we implemented uh like hreflang we also added it to a publisher center with a french version but we are kind of stuck and we know that many that also competitors and other sites have the same problem with new uh, publishing web t- websites to get into top stories. And I wonder if you could, if you know something here about how long do we have to wait? How can we push it? Because we really think that, um, yeah, the, the content should be good enough to get at least one ranking <laughs> in half a year.
0: No, yeah. I. I don't know. So there's nothing technical from, from our side that really kind of plays into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to top stories, uh, we, we don't require AMP pages nowadays. So I don't know if, if that's a factor. Um, however, we do take into account things like the, the page experience uh, metrics, so, so things around kind of the core web vitals, speed, uh, those things. Um, I suspect if you're using the same platform that you will have similar metrics to your other website, but I don't know. Uh, That might be one thing to to double check. Uh, The other thing is usually just because it's in a different language wouldn't mean that we would treat it differently. So if you have it in something like a subdirectory, then from our point of view, that would probably be something that we just treat the same as as the rest of your website. Um, but it's—I don't know—it's—it's it's hard for me to say what what exactly might might need to be done there. Uh, if you want to send me the URL, then I can pass it on to the team for them to double check. Uh, but uh, usually, the, these kind of things just take time, in that we we have to understand the site and all of that. Uh, but yeah, you know, I. I'll take a look and, and pass it on to your team. But it's mm-hmm. not that there is like a, a technical meta tag or something that you need to implement to make that work.
7: Yeah, so so all the, all the metrics are basically the same. So we have the same setup with AMP. We have the same page experience. And we see really good uh, um, performance in Discover and also in normal search, and also with AMP sometimes in normal search but it's just about these top stories and um for me i i read some rumors that um it's harder if you started a new platform after december 2019 to get into because they might have something changed in publisher center okay so you don't know i don't know
0: i don't know but that that sounds like google news though that doesn't sound like top stories
7: is is it being yeah, shown google in, news in... Is also we are in google news not often but it's really top stories is not at all current.
0: Okay. Now, I, I think like the the publisher center changes and things like that are more around Google News, but they shouldn't apply to top stories because any website should be able to be shown in top stories. Okay. okay, so I, I'll see. Yeah, thanks. Cool. Uh, let's see Alex. And hello Joan,
8: and happy New Year. Alex here. Calling from Greece. Um, so um, about a year ago, uh, Danis Sullivan posted a, um, a blog post on the Google Search blog um, about how uh, autocomplete suggestions are generated, which was great. So uh, it offered a lot of uh, information and insights um, about about the the, the predictions and, and how they work. Um, and then I was actually um, curious. About uh, the other sort of related uh, uh, feature on the SERP, which are the related searches just on the very bottom of the SERP uh and actually tried to find some i did some research try to find some inform some sort of similar inform- information uh just like uh, the one that uh danny sullivan shared on the uh, on the blog post uh, i couldn't find anything to be honest uh and the only thing that i was able to find actually came from google trends uh where they have a similar concept of related searches and the, the way they they define it there is that uh, these are terms frequently searched with the term you entered in the same session, in the same session. So the question is, does this apply also to uh, to classic Google search? And if not, so how are these related searches uh, generated and where do they come from?
0: I, I don't think we have any documentation on that specifically. So I, I don't have any kind of like hot hot lead for you in, in that regard. Um, and usually, things in, in other products are not necessarily the same ac- across that product and search. So it's, it's possible that Google Trends uses something similar to what Google Search uses. But I would not assume that it's the same kind of algorithm or same setup for that. Um, but it, I mean, intuitively, it sounds like it's it's kind of similar, like things search together kind of makes sense for related searches. But I I don't really have any details there. And uh, I I think that's similar with with a lot of features in Search, where we we tend to document them when they're really kind of stable, stable, and they've been working really well like that for a longer time. Uh, But uh, there are just so many different kind of like small aspects that we don't have documented individually.
8: OK, sure. So there may be an idea for a future blog post then. hopefully, sure. Thanks very yeah. much,
0: John. Sure. Um, OK, let me run through some of the submitted questions, and I'll get to more of the people who've raised their hands as well later on. Uh, let's see. The first one I have on my list. Uh, since the number of features are increasing in search results, I guess that's similar to before, uh, I'm wondering if and how Google Search Console is including rankings. For example, uh, the Google Map Packs, or people also ask in metrics like average position, clicks, et cetera. Uh, if not, what's the best way to see if my website is ranking in these kind of different features? Uh, so, for the most part, yes, we do include all of that in in the performance report data in Search Console. Uh, so, anytime, uh, or at least we we try to do that. Anytime we show a URL from your website in the search results, we'll show that as an impression for that website for that query. Um, the the uh, position, average position, also goes into play there, and the average position is not like the average position on a page, but the average top position. So uh, if your page, if your website is visible in position three, four, and five, for example, then we'll track three as kind of the position for that individual query. Uh, So all of that kind of comes into there already. What you don't see is, for a lot of these features, a breakdown by the feature type. Uh, so you can't go in and say, like, where is my website always being shown within uh, Google Business Profiles uh, or within the map searches? We don't show that. But we do count that as an impression for those individual queries. So you could take those queries, try them out, and see where your website is being shown, and uh, kind of try to follow it back like that. And sometimes the different... Uh, features in the normal search results make things tricky to track. Uh, For example, if we show an image from your website on top in the kind of the images thumbnail in a normal search results page, then we'll also count that as your website appearing in the ranking for that query. And if you look at the search results kind of in a textual way, then you might not see that uh, immediately. But all of that should come into play. Um, When we launch new features where we also list the website, we do try to watch out to make sure that we also include that in Search Console. Uh, So it shouldn't be the case that we we show a link to your website and not track that as an impression with the position and kind of the clicks uh, in Search Console. Let's see. Uh, we have we see that every JavaScript string starting with a slash is interpreted as a URL and is followed by Googlebot. Sometimes the URL is not valid, and we see different crawl errors in Search Console. Uh, is there an official recommendation on how to no follow such URLs? We used to split the strings into two or more parts. Uh, having millions of pages with such strings may negatively impact the crawl budget. Uh, so I think. Just kind of like the the last question or the last part of the the question there with regards to crawl budget, that's one thing you definitely don't have to worry about. Because when it comes to crawling, we prioritize things in different ways. And all of these kind of like random URL uh, discoveries that we come across uh, where your your URL is mentioned in a text or in a JavaScript file somewhere, those tend to be fairly low on the list. Uh, So if we have anything important that we recognize on your website, any new pages that you link to, any new content that you've created, we'll prioritize that first. And then if we have time, we'll also go through all of these random other URL mentions that we've discovered. Uh, So from a crawl budget point of view, this is usually a non-issue. If you're seeing that overall we're crawling too much of your website, then you can adjust the amount of crawling in Search Console. Uh, with the crawl rate setting, and again here we still prioritize things. So if you set the setting to be fairly low, uh, then we'll still try to focus on the important things first. And if we can cover the important things, then we'll try to kind of go through the rest. Uh, so from that point of view, like if you're really seeing that we're hitting your server too hard, you can just adjust that. After a day or two, it should kind of settle down at that new rate. And we should be able to kind of like keep on crawling. Uh, with regards to no following these URLs, you can't really do that in the JavaScript files uh, because we we try to recognize URLs in JavaScript because sometimes URLs are only mentioned in JavaScript. Uh, what you can do, however, is put these URLs into a JavaScript file that is blocked by robots.txt. And if the URL is blocked by robots.txt, then we won't be able to see the JavaScript file, and we won't see those URLs. So if if it's really a critical thing that you're thinking, oh, Googlebot is getting totally lost on my website, then you could uh, use robots.txt to block that JavaScript file. The important part there is to keep in mind that your site should still render normally uh, with that file kind of blocked. Uh, so in Chrome, you can—I I, believe—you can just block that individual URL and test it out. Uh, but especially the mobile friendliness of a page sh- should still be guaranteed. We should still be able to see kind of the layout of the page properly with that JavaScript file blocked. Uh, so if it's only kind of interactive functionality that is being blocked by that, then usually that's less of an issue. If it blocks all of the JavaScript and your page doesn't work at all anymore then that's something where I'd say maybe you need to find a different approach to to handle that. Uh, For a site that started ranking in multiple languages, would you recommend changing from subdomain to subfolders so that SEO juice gets shared? Uh, The main language is English, not in a subdomain, and ranking well. I don't know. People argue about subdomains and subdirectories all the time. Uh, From my point of view, you can use either one. Uh, So I wouldn't necessarily just blindly shift from one to the other, but rather think about what makes sense for you for the long run. Uh, Sometimes tracking things is easier if everything is on the same domain. So if you use subdirectories, uh, sometimes, for legal reasons, you have to use different subdomains or you have to use different TLDs even um, these are all kind of considerations to take into account and uh, essentially with regards to I don't know the so-called SEO juice or kind of the the links to the website usually those get passed on with internal links anyway so that's less of an issue Uh, Can rel-nofollow be used as noindex? For example, when I publish an article on my website and on every page where this article is mentioned, I'll just use rel-nofollow in the URL um, with that article. Uh, So no, it's it's essentially nofollow tells us not to pass any page rank to those pages. But it doesn't mean that we will never index that page. So if you really want a page to be blocked from indexing, make sure it has a no index on it. Don't rely on us not accidentally running across a random link to to that page. Uh, so I would not assume that those two are the same. And in particular, with regards to new content on the web, I, I think Gary did a blog post maybe a year or so ago about rel nofollow and the different uh, types of other rel out attributes uh, where he mentioned that we do sometimes use this for discovery of URLs as well. Uh, so on the one hand, we might see that link without a nofollow. We might see it with a nofollow and still kind of look at it anyway. If you don't want a page indexed, then make sure it's not indexed. Uh, We published a landing page about a month ago, and it hasn't been indexed yet. Uh, I tested with the live URL and requested indexing a few times. I understand indexing uh, doesn't always happen quickly, but this is the first time a landing page on our site is not indexed after a couple of days. Uh, So I'm wondering if there might be something I've missed. I also did all the checks I could find to make sure nothing was preventing indexing uh including the uh search console tests, everything seems signed. Um I it's, it's really hard to say without uh, knowing the individual URLs there. Uh we we don't index everything on the web, so it's completely common that uh for for most websites we index some chunk of the website but not absolutely everything on the website. Uh, So that might be something that you're seeing there. Uh, With regards to the amount of content uh, that we index from individual websites, sometimes that relies a little bit on our understanding of the quality of the website itself. So if we think this is a really high quality and important website, uh, then maybe we'll go off and try to crawl and index that content as quickly as possible. Uh, But there's no guarantee there. Uh, So from from that point of view, it's, it's kind of tricky to, to see what exactly is happening here. Uh, what I might do in a case like this is post in the help forum just to make sure that there are no technical issues holding that URL back. And then otherwise, I like give it a little bit more time or see what you can do overall to improve the quality of the website in general, which is usually something that's more of like a long-term goal rather than something that you can just quickly tweak and hope that Google will pick it up and tomorrow everything will be different. Um, I'm looking at pruning some content on my site, weak traffic being one of the criteria. Would you uh, consider the minimum or what would you consider the minimum acceptable level of traffic to keep an article? Uh, so I don't think like, just purely going off and looking at the traffic to a page is enough reason to say this is a good page or a bad page. Uh, Some pages just don't get a lot of traffic, but they're extremely important. Uh, For example, I don't know, if you're selling Christmas trees, then you probably expect those pages to be kind of visible in the search results in December. So if you look in January or March, and you look at the traffic to your pages, you'll say, oh, wow, well, these Christmas trees are terrible. Like, I should just delete all my Christmas tree pages. But that's not, that's not really the, the right thing to do there. I mean, these, these pages will be relevant at some point in the future. And uh, similarly, other kinds of pages on your website might get very little traffic, but they might be really good pages. And they might be really important uh, kind of pieces of information on the web overall. So just purely going in and saying, at this level of traffic, I will delete everything from my website. I don't think that makes sense. As a way of kind of like fine-tuning what you want to focus on, and then manually going through and saying, "Well, this is good, this is bad," that's perfectly fine. Uh, but just blindly saying like everything below this traffic level is is bad and I'll delete it, I don't think that makes sense. So I would not recommend doing that. Um, I'm curious about breadcrumbs. What if I don't set the breadcrumb list in the list element, but set it as normal anchor text? And then I use the breadcrumb list structure, structured data on the page. Is there any problem or a chance that my site will get a manual action? Um, I don't know exactly what what you're trying to do with with the breadcrumb markup there, but it sounds like you're kind of splitting up the breadcrumb pieces and marking some of them up with structured data and some of them with a direct link on the page. And usually, that's fine. Uh, When when it comes to structured data, our algorithms try to recognize what is visible on the page versus what you just have marked up for structured data. And we want to make sure that the structured data is actually visible on the page. Uh, If some of these elements are linked as well on the page or not linked, that's usually fine. Uh, When it comes to breadcrumbs in particular, I don't think the the Web Spam team would watch out for this and do any kind of manual actions anyway. Uh, So that fear of being penalized for marking up breadcrumbs wrong, you you can totally forget about that. That's not something I would worry about. Uh, I would try to see how breadcrumbs work on your pages, how you can mark them up properly, test things out, see how they look in the search results. And if you're happy with how they look, that's that's like perfectly fine. I would not worry about the, the web spam team kind of taking action on a website for marking up breadcrumbs incorrectly, because there's just so many bigger problems to, to worry about on the web. Uh, with the recent update giving a boost to extensive reviews, won't this make it difficult for new e-commerce sites to become competitive? Uh, also, does Google have a preference for native platform review functionality or platforms like Yochpo, which I don't know. Um, so I don't know. Won't won't this make it difficult for new e-commerce sites? I I think things are always changing on the web, so it's it's like really hard to say. Like, will this make it harder or easier for sites to be competitive? And it's something where users expect different things over time, and there are different kinds of sites available over time. And this is always a very dynamic relationship, I think. And it's not so much that we're trying to make it harder for new websites to be visible in search, uh, but rather we see user expectations are going this way. So we need to make sure that we kind of align with what users want. And that can sometimes drive what we show in the search results. Uh, With regards to new e-commerce sites and being competitive, I I think as a new site, you always need to look at the bigger picture and see where you can fit in, where you can provide something that is both valued by users and something that is perhaps missing from other websites anyway. Uh, So from that point of view, it's it's always going to be hard, especially if you're starting out fresh then you you have to look at so many different aspects there. And uh, how things are shown in search is is one aspect there, Uh, but there are lots of different things that can come into play. And with regards to native platform review functionality, I honestly don't know. I don't think we would have uh, any preference with regards to particular providers or particular setups. Usually, our systems are set up in a way to be kind of active, to kind of respond to the web as we find it overall. Uh, So if if something is is visible on your website in a way that users can see it, that search engines can see it, then usually that's what we're looking for. And if that's handled in the background by some third party or handled by yourself or even maybe hand coded or something like that, that doesn't really bother us at all. It's like we look at the pages, how how they end up on the web, and we try to index them like that. Um, every article on my site has a specific phrase. In the beginning, uh, through a Google search for this exact phrase, I found 3,000 doorway sites that stole my content. And within six months, I had them all removed from Google's index through the DMCA. Uh, I did a great job, but it had no effect on my positions. Uh, so the question, does a significant increase in the overall uniqueness of a site's content have no effect on the site's ranking and visibility in the search results? Uh, then is it not worth the effort to fight against content theft? Um, so as far as I know, there is no aspect in our algorithms that says, oh, this is something that is very unique to this one website. And we will, because there is something very unique here, we'll rank it higher for all kinds of other queries. Uh, so if you're selling. I don't know a unique type of shoes, and someone is searching for shoes. Then it's not that we would rank your site because it's a unique type of shoes, but rather you have shoes. This person is looking for shoes, and maybe other sites also have shoes, and we'll rank them based on kind of the shoe content that we find there. Uh, so it's not not a matter of us kind of going through and saying, well, there's only there's something very unique here, therefore we should rank it higher for this more generic term. Obviously, if you have something unique and someone is searching for that unique thing, then like we will, we will try to show your site there. And uh, that's kind of the, the reason also for things like the DMCA complaint process, where you can say, well, someone else is ranking with my unique things, and I don't want them to show up because that's my content. Uh, or I have a copy, copyright on it, at least. Uh, and for that, the process makes sense. But, for kind of the generic case where someone is searching for something generic and you have unique things that also map into that generic category, I don't think we would rank your pages higher just because they're unique things and uh, kind of like from from that point of view. so i I think, if, if you're seeing that other sites are ranking for your specific thing, for that unique thing that you have on your website and you have a copyright on your content and whatever else aligns that you can use a DMCA process for that, that's, that's a perfectly fine tool to try to help clean that up. Uh, but it's not the case that we will rank your website higher just because like, we, we've seen some unique things on your website. Uh, In the case of a software brand using companies like Medium for branded landing pages, uh, such as brand.medium.com, should we be worried about possible duplicate content? If the Medium domain has more strength for a particular subject or topic, and the page lists exact duplicates to the category and blog type content on the brand site, is it possible that Google would canonicalize to the second domain? Uh, if we differentiate the content, is that enough? Or will these types of pages always be boosted over brand, uh, for brand results thanks to the apparent domain strength? Uh, so when it comes to canonicalization, we use various factors to try to figure out which of these is the canonical we should show. And whether or not we should even kind of like follow a rel canonical between these pages. Uh, my understanding is that on this platform in particular, you can set a rel canonical to your pages uh, there. Uh, so on the one hand, you're giving us some signals that this is the right page to show, like your original page. Uh, but on the other hand, we might be finding other signals as well pointing at the other page, kind of the, the medium uh domain uh landing page that you have there. So from that point of view, it's never guaranteed that we will only show your pages or only show the other pages. And it's definitely not the case that just because you're also hosting it on this other provider's site, that their pages will always be shown. Uh, So it's something where all of that kind of comes together, and it's possible that we'll show one or the other. Uh, From a practical point of view, usually this doesn't matter so much because it's your content that's being shown. And it's not that your content would be ranked lower because of these different versions or the canonical that's chosen. It's more that we'll either show this URL or the other URL. And if you're saying they're canonical, then you're kind of telling us that they're equivalent, and it doesn't really matter which one of these is shown in the search results. Uh, So from that point of view, it's not that you will be penalized for having duplicate content or that it's a bad thing to host things like this. Uh, it's essentially just it's not guaranteed that it will always fall one way or the other. Um, okay. Wow, running low on time already. Um, let's see, maybe we'll go through some more of the, the hands that were raised. Um, I think Christian, you're next on my list.
9: Hi, John. Happy New Year. Hi um so I, I also posted a question in um, uh, um, before uh, so I'm from Telos and I wanted to know uh, how backlinks affect uh, the authority of niche pages with user-generated content and uh, so it's about you know the problem with uh, um, people using spam techniques instead of if you if you're working hard to generate like good content and How how you should do it, and I also added uh, an example. I don't know if you have seen it before. I didn't see it. Okay, Uh, I think it only shows if you sort it by uh, newest. But uh, I posted it uh, this morning. I don't know why. It looks like a bug. Okay. Then it's like uh, yeah. So I posted it five hours ago. And the example is, uh, so, so we generated, like, a, a page with, which was linked from uh, famous German newspapers and everything, and, and people uh, like this content, and, and other competitors, they are just, uh, like, uh, with anchor text of phone number, and somewhere in the text there's this number, but all this, all this stuff is, is, seems to be more relevant for Google, for this keyword. So that's the question. So uh, how how to um, yeah how to uh, as a publisher what, where, uh, where, um how to handle this, this problem?
0: Um, I don't know. It, I I don't quite understand the situation. So I I can't load the questions for some for some reason the YouTube page isn't loading. Um, so I, I don't know. Can can you explain it a little bit more? It's it's like okay, the yeah, content is, the... is in the forum or it, like or how no, did... no. So
9: sorry, I, I just uh, the content. I uh, the question is in the forum, yeah. So I can uh, I can tell you a little bit more. Uh, so for better understanding, sorry about that. So it's like, so for for special search request, like so we are ranking our website is ranking phone numbers, and there's like for a special phone number, they are like competitors and they are using spam techniques like. Uh, uh, like uh, um, if, if you just post on that pages on on university pages like with an anchor link exactly to this keyword and it looks like that since december 2020 google like prefers this of pages and we have like we are like we have uh, like the same keyword but not exactly because natural links never have like exactly this keyword linking to this page so so we have like articles doing a lot of insights have, have a lot of reports and and uh, famous pa- papers are like like trustful sources say okay that's that's the best source to get this information on the internet but it looks like that it's it's not helping to to get google to understand that that we are like an authority in this uh, area
0: now huh? yeah, i I don't know. I, I'd have to take a look at the examples. Uh, if if you want to maybe drop some some example URLs or some queries in, in the chat, then I can pick that up afterwards and take a look.
9: Okay. Now now in the chat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
9: Yeah, I will. Yeah.
0: Thanks. Cool. A lot. Thanks. All right. And Dan.
6: Hey. Hey John. Um, so I have a so We have a bunch of pages that are dedicated to um, sports teams that offer, you know, their upcoming schedules. So they're like lists of pages um, that show up upcoming games, um, like Team A will play Team B on January twelfth. You know, coming up next week. Um, but what I'm noticing is Google actually putting in the date in the search results. Um, but for example, it's putting it's putting like January twelfth, two thousand eleven or two thousand twelve. Um, I'm assuming because that date is kind of in the future. Um, Google might just be pulling um, a date that from a prior year. Um, Ultimately, we don't want date snippets to show up in the search results. Um, I've noticed this probably like a month ago this started to happen um and clicks have starting to drop on those pages um, assuming that users might think that the content is severely outdated they see a date from like 2013 or 2014. um so just interested overall to hear your thoughts on how to remove them um i know the data the data no snippet tag if we just you know wrap the the dates around the or wrap the no snippet around the dates um because you know ultimately we don't want to remove the dates from the page itself so just interested to see or to hear your thoughts if there's anything else other than the no snippet tag um it's not showing up for every sports page that we have probably like half um are just interested interested to see if there's any other way that we can help avoid this problem
0: JOHN um, I, I think that's sometimes tricky because we, we pick up dates on a page in, in a variety of different ways, and we try to figure out if this date is relevant to the page or not. And uh, I suspect we think it's relevant for these individual pages, which is why we show them in, in the snippets. Uh, but usually, if we pick up a, a completely wrong date, then that means we're we're kind of not sure of that date that we should be showing. So one of the things you could do or or at least could try out is to use the uh, date structured data, um, mm-hmm. specifically for for articles, I think it is, uh, to let us know of the either the the date when you publish something, to and kind of put a published date on these pages so that we can pick up that published date and use that if we if we wanted to or at least to notify us of the actual date of the event so that if we do choose uh, that event that we'll know oh this is i don't know next next february or whatever next month kind of thing and we could show that in the search results so that that might also be an option. My guess is, if we're picking up something like a wrong year, then in some places on your pages you have the right kind of like uh, day and month, uh, but there's a number kind of like close by where we think, oh, this is probably the year, and. Uh, you could also try to look at these pages and see, like, is there a way to make sure that you don't have other numbers close by, that, so that we can be a little bit easier with regards to recognizing things. So, I, I guess those are kind of the three aspects there. On the one hand, the data no snippet, like you mentioned, to kind of hide these dates from the snippet, mm-hmm. um, making sure that either the the publishing date or the event date is is very kind of easily recognizable for us, uh, also with the right year and uh, Perhaps trying to make sure that it's harder to recognize, like a random number on the page, as being a part of that date. Okay. Cool. Thank you. Cool. Okay. Um, let me pause the recording here, um, and we, we can see if we still have more questions coming up. Uh, but uh, thank you all for joining in. Uh, thanks for submitting all the questions. I'm sorry, I can't. Don't see any of the remaining questions on YouTube. So if they're questions there that we missed out, feel free to add them to the next one. I'll probably do another one of these next week. And usually I add them like a couple of days ahead of time. So feel free to copy your questions over uh, if need be. Cool. All right. And with that, let me pause here.